0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Last week, I shared some about the kingdom of heaven. We did part one. Planning on talking about part two today, I'm not sure how far we'll get, I may need to roll over into part three, we'll see. It's a big topic, a huge area, uh, there's so much to it, so much I don't understand, as we are discovering and exploring this together, and we, I think we always will be, it's kind of like God, right? This is his kingdom, and there's so much to him that we don't understand that will just unfold for eternity and we'll never... Understand him all the way. Uh, It's Just he's that big. He's that amazing. And his kingdom is a little bit like that. There's a lot of mystery that goes along with it, and they're supposed to be. I think it's the way that God intends this because He wants us to be seekers, to pursue. You know, uh, if you're watching a mystery movie, I mean, you don't want to know the end immediately. I mean, it's this unfolding. It's a discovery and. The kingdom is like that. There's a discovery with it. It's supposed to be. And so last week we talked some about this or the beginning part of what Jesus told us about the kingdom. He talked about it as much as anything, anything that he's talked about on the earth, he talked as much about the kingdom of heaven as anything else. And then the Father, really those two, he was revealing the Father's nature who had been misunderstood forever, talking about God, and then he talks about the kingdom of heaven. And then he really encourages us to pursue it. And I think there's very little attention overall in the body of Christ. I'm not tuned in with everything in the body of Christ, but it's very rare for me to hear any messages on the kingdom of heaven. It's very rare to talk about it, um, even amongst ourselves. And I think that should change. I think there should be these discussion groups. And uh, when we're sitting around eating with one another or, Sitting around a fire or having dinner or whatever should almost be these things about the kingdom. What's God showing you in the kingdom? What's, you know, that type of a thing. I think it's supposed to consume us in many ways and be our pursuit. So uh, we're all in this together, but I want to dive in in really part two. This mysterious, wonderful, mind-blowing kingdom. The scripture I shared last week, a couple of them, Jesus said this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. There's a whole other element to get into there as well on seeking his righteousness. Seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you that you need. If we have that priority, I'm going to pursue his kingdom above anything else. And then he said, when his disciples asked them to teach teach them how to pray, he says, Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So he said, not only seek it, but pray it. Pray that it would come. Pray that it would grow. Pray that it would expand. Pray that it would be here. So it should be the thing we seek the most, the thing we pray often. Come, kingdom of heaven, come. And then in Luke 12, Jesus says this But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock. As you're seeking, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. The father has chosen gladly. He is thrilled that someone would seek it. He's thrilled that someone would chase after or pursue his kingdom so he could give it to them. Isn't that amazing? Jesus talking about this amazing thing that's rarely even mentioned. But we're to seek it, pray it, pursue it, chase after it, and then receive it receiving the kingdom. What is this thing? Well, let's dive in a little bit more and talk about that, what it may be, but the Father's thrilled to give it away. And then one day, toward the end, as this grows and grows and grows, and Jesus returns, says the kingdoms of this world, whatever realm is in this world, will then be absorbed by the kingdom of heaven. The kingdoms of the world will be the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So it's this thing that just continues to grow as we seek it, we pursue it, we give it away, we receive it, and then it will be in fullness when Jesus returns. So, all right. So kingdom. Um, The word kingdom basically means sphere of influence or a dominion. It's a realm. So the kingdom of heaven is the dominion or the realm that the king rules. What king? Jesus. Jesus is the head of this kingdom. He's the, he represents the kingdom. And honestly, in many ways, you see these interchangeable things in the scriptures, like the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, they're the same thing. And then you see Jesus as the king of the kingdom, bringing the kingdom, expanding the kingdom, growing the kingdom, proclaiming the kingdom. He is, is it's almost, uh, almost synonymous, Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. I don't understand that fully, but you see that throughout the scriptures. In the beginning, of course, God told Adam and Eve to take dominion on the earth. It was one of the first things he told mankind to do after we were created. Take dominion. There's that word, dominion, where we get kingdom from. So he's saying in the very beginning, I want you to bring my kingdom here on the earth. That's what we were created for. How about that? We messed it up. Right? Father had to redo that with a different plan, but the same kind of concept that he wanted to have happen, his kingdom to be on the earth. But Jesus was the one who brought it. And then he gave it to us to and then filled us with his spirit so that we can have another shot at this. So that we can have another shot at this, so that we can bring what heaven intends to have happen here. Uh, part of what I, part of the reason why I want to talk about this through this series and be throughout the year, is I want all of us. I think the Lord wants all of us. Let me put it that way: to have different mindset. That we're not just serving Him. That's that is a good mindset to have in one way. We do serve Him. We want to obey Him. We love Him. We worship Him, but. It's very clear in the scriptures that God has some other things in addition to that in mind for you and I. He has made us to be, it's a scripture I'll read later, to be priests, kings and priests in this kingdom and to give his kingdom away and to take dominion with him in the earth. So it's more than just worshiping. That's a part. I love worship. But it's understanding that we are here for more. I'm not just here to live eternally. I'm here to bring the kingdom of heaven In the earth. You are. That's part of your mandate. It's part of our calling, every single one of us. No one's exempt. We get to bring the kingdom, give the kingdom away. It's pretty, pretty amazing. As we have all Discovered over these last couple of years, this nasty thing called COVID. It's like the opposite of the kingdom, right? It's invisible. It's evil. And it spreads through the breath, right? You receive, you don't even know you've received it until a couple days later. The kingdom of heaven is the exact opposite of that. The kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign and power and freedom of Jesus. Like a holy and wonderful contagion that when it's received into your spirit, fills your life with peace, wholeness of mind, wholeness of spirit, wholeness of body. It will fully take over every other kingdom when Jesus returns. The holy contagion. Still invisible, but it is... Moved by love, it's not evil, it's righteous, it's good, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. So, Lord, I just want to say right now, let your kingdom come. Right? Let your kingdom come. In this atmosphere, let your kingdom come in our homes. Let your kingdom come in our marriages. Right now, every relationship that we have, let your kingdom come in our cars. Let your kingdom come wherever we are, in our offices. In our workplace, let your kingdom come. Now, we can say that throughout the day. We can pray that throughout the day. We can declare that throughout the day. We can say in our own home, if it's not feeling good, declare that thing. No, no, no. This is my home, and I declare the kingdom of heaven in the presence, in the atmosphere here, that the presence would change. Whatever presence I feel that's not good, it would go away. I declare the kingdom of heaven rules and reigns in this place. Rules and reigns in my heart. Rules and reigns in my mind because I am his. So he's glad to give me his kingdom. So I declare it, I pray it, I believe it, I receive it. I want mindset to be his kind of mindset. We talked a little bit last week about what the church, Excuse me, what the kingdom is not, and it's not the church. It's interesting, I used to always get those confused. I always just thought they were synonymous, basically. You talk about the kingdom, you're talking about the church. It's actually not. The church, the body of Christ, Jesus' bride, gets to receive the kingdom and is in the kingdom, and the kingdom is in us. Luke 17 says the kingdom is within you. But it's not the church. Right? We're in it. It's in us, but they're not synonymous. We get to enjoy the kingdom. When we get together as a body like today, We're singing, we're celebrating, we're adoring, we're worshiping. We're like enjoying the kingdom. Enjoying this kingdom. Singing about it. Singing about him. Feeling the presence of God. That's a demonstration of the kingdom, the presence of God. And the kingdom is the heavenly community that every heart longs to be a part of. Jesus described the kingdom in several ways. You know, it's so interesting how Jesus does things. So different than I would do things. You know, when you talk to someone and they don't understand exactly what you're saying, you just try and explain it to them. Maybe two or three different ways. Jesus doesn't do that. You ever notice that? And not even that, when he says something like, if you want anything to do with me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Without a lot of explanation there. Right? says stuff like that. Then he'll use parables, metaphors, and things that relate or parallels to real-life things without explanation. And he's, you know, it's like, man, it feels like Jesus. You're giving everybody an opportunity to be offended and not believe. You know, I think those things sometimes when I read the Scripture. I don't know if you think that way, too. But there's something about some people being ready in their hearts There's something about hunger that's important to God. There's something about a desire for righteousness, a desire for him. And if you have that inside of you, then the parables and the things that aren't fully understood, it's like, oh, there's still something good here. I don't get it all the way, but I'm longing for this. And there's like this pursuing on the inside, like I'm still going to go after this. It's like Jesus turning to Peter after in John 6 saying, must eat my flesh and drink my blood. He turns to Peter. He says, Are You gonna leave? Also, like everybody else. And he says, Where am I gonna go? <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. You've got the words of life. I don't understand half what you're saying, but you've got the words of life, and I'm gonna keep following you. Right? So it's his heart. It's in here. We need hearts like that. It just says, I don't understand situations that, that I don't understand. There's just certain things I just don't get whether it's in the scripture or in real life experience, but Jesus, you have the words of life. I'm following you. I'm trusting you. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going away. I'm not leaving you, Lord. I've had enough of you to know you are good. I've seen you. I have felt you. You have changed me. I'm staying with you. So here we are having Jesus starts to describe the kingdom In his way. And it's interesting. If you read Matthew chapter 13, we're not going to go through all these verses. It's basically the whole chapter. It uses seven different examples, seven different parables about the kingdom in one chapter. So I'll just highlight these. He talks about in three different ways, the kingdom is like a seed. He talks about the farmer sowing seeds and the different kind of soil and the rocky and the fertile. He talks about... Just a, a farmer planting seed, and then there's some bad stuff, basically what we called when I was growing up and had to pull this, rye, pulling rye out of the wheat. He talks about that, but it's a, like the kingdom's like a seed. It grows slowly. And then, but it will have this fruit later on. Then he talks about this the mustard seed. He said, it's the smallest seed, yet once it's fully grown, it's bigger than all the other plants. And then you've got birds that come and rest on the limbs of this tree. It grows into a tree. I think, and it says when it's fully grown, he uses those words, fully grown, which in other ways, he talks about the kingdom being in fullness, completeness when he returns. And so he uses those descriptions. It's like a seed, it doesn't look like much. You don't know what's in a seed. You look at a seed, it looks like nothing. And in it is all the instructions and the all the order of things. I mean, the limbs and the branches and the leaves and the fruit are all right in there. You know, it doesn't look like much, but man, if it's treated well, if it's given a soil that will grow in and some water and some sunshine, that thing is going to grow into something and produce a lot. And it's the same with the kingdom. What are we doing with it? Right? It's like a seed. If we nurture it, if we seek it, pursue it, grow it, let it have a good place in our heart, if our heart has the kind of soil that grows the kingdom, it will grow. And then fruit will automatically happen. Fruit will just happen. Isn't that amazing? So the kingdom is like a seed, Jesus says. Later on in the chapter, he says, it's like leaven in dough. I'm not a baker or a cooker or whatever. But I've seen people do this. You know, and leaven, another word for leaven is yeast. Putting, kneading, right? Isn't that the right word? You knead the yeast into the dough. Once it gets into that dough, all of a sudden, the dough is transformed. It does something it never did before, it starts to rise. He says the kingdom is like that. When you allow it to be kneaded into you, you're transformed. You start to rise. You're something different than you were. The kingdom is like that. So small. Looks like insignificant. But it changes things. Then he says another story. It's like a treasure that a man found in a field. Guy somehow digging around, maybe working for someone else, discovers treasure buried there. He reburies it, goes away, and sells everything that he has. Everything that he owns so that he can buy that field and get that treasure. So that's what the kingdom is like. If you recognize the power, the beauty, what is in this thing Jesus is talking about, you will give up everything else for it. You'll be willing to sell everything you have to go after this. Then he uses another example that's very similar. He said it's like a merchant. Seeking pearls. So this guy, he's out to buy pearls, and he spots a pearl that has high value. Probably the nicest pearl he's ever seen in his life, beyond his expectation. It says he then, he goes away, probably doesn't tell anybody about it, sells everything he has so he can have enough money to purchase that one. The kingdom of heaven is worth anything we have to do to get it. The kingdom of heaven is valuable, the most valuable. Speaks of, was that an amen? I heard that. (laughs) Sounded like it. And then Jesus uses another example, same chapter, a little different. He said, it's like a dragnet that catches fish of every kind, this huge net going into the ocean, catches all kind of stuff. And then it says or Jesus says, that the angels then sort it out. So the kingdom can touch so many people, every ethnicity, every race, every culture, every person, and then it gets sorted out depending on probably what's going on in their heart. Whether they want this or not, the angels sort this out. I don't understand that part, thankfully. I'm not the judge, but... The Lord does all of that. But the kingdom is like that. It's big. It's not small. Though it's like a seed that is small. It's both of those things. It will take over the whole world at some point. That's big. So many things related to this. And then Jesus demonstrated it. Matthew 9, 35 says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So in in human terms, in some ways, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is the domain of God coming to the earth through those who are his seed, us. And when he came, he brought the kingdom with him. Healing, joy, oneness with the Father, peace, the supernatural. And where he lives, he rules. It's his spiritual domain. As we set him in our hearts as the king, his kingdom is there. His domain, his rule. This is one reason why the enemy and uh, those who follow the enemy hate Christians. This is one reason why the enemy hates you. And we are in a battle. Because he recognizes, just like Herod recognized when he had his kingdom, right? His Roman kingdom. And he heard news that there was another king coming. Baby form. Even that small, it it caused fear in his heart. Because he thought he might lose what he had. He was afraid of another king coming so he issued the order to slaughter enough babies hoping that he would kill that king of course he didn't the lord protected father protected his jesus woke up joseph sent them to egypt they lived in egypt for a time and all these babies were killed trying to kill the one, the king that was coming the king that was bringing a dominion and a realm into the Roman realm. The enemy hates it. He hates it. If you and I are awakened enough to recognize what we have, he doesn't want us to have that mindset. He doesn't want to have. He doesn't want you and I to have any recognition that we are carriers of the kingdom of heaven, and we can give this away. And then we can do as Jesus said in John 14, 12, we can do the things that Jesus did and even greater, it says. Jesus said, the enemy does not want you thinking that way. No, he wants you thinking that you are nothing. You're pitiful. You don't hear God. There's nothing you can do that's wonderful, powerful. God uses other people instead of you. All those kind of things. The enemy likes that. He does not want you to be, as the earth is saying in Romans, is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to wake up and recognize what they have and who's in them. The enemy doesn't want you to have that mindset, so you need to be proclaiming that one over yourself. What's true? I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I carry the kingdom. I proclaim the kingdom. I pray the kingdom will come. I am here for more than just to breathe air, while i'm here and then die and live eternally i'm here because god had a plan in the beginning you are here because the father had a plan in the beginning and even though adam and eve failed guess what jesus and you and i and then jesus will finish it up whatever we don't get done he'll bring it home he's the fourth leg in the in the race Right? He'll take care of it. He's going to cross that finish line all the way. But he has given us the opportunity to go change things, to be involved with things where the kingdom is brought, where its gospel comes. And the enemy hates it when your home is infused with the kingdom, when your mind is kingdom-centered. Instead of your own, you know, it's interesting. Um, we used to take July off. We haven't done this in a while. We used to take the whole month of July off as a church. No services. And then we would tell people to go to other churches and tithe there. Take your money with you and tithe there. You can't tell you how many people, pastors alike, would say to me, what are you doing? How are you? Why are you doing that? That is, you're losing a lot of money that month, and it was true, but it was like a kingdom thing. It's like, this is the body of Christ. This isn't Matt's kingdom. This is the kingdom of Jesus Christ all over the earth. We can send you, in fact, when people feel like they're supposed to go to another church, I, that should cause joy in me. If it's, a, if it's God, right? It should be a great thing. If someone succeeds, if another church succeeds, this is supposed to be one kingdom, And there should be a rejoicing that happens in our hearts, not a Herod mindset. That I wish that other thing were dead. That could come into my realm, because this is my realm. That's a demonic mindset. The kingdom mindset wants everyone to succeed. Wants the kingdom to grow, regardless of whose face it grows through. Right? So we want to be that way. Fully infused with kingdom. I have a couple of friends, very close friends, they attend here. They went um, on a business trip last week. They were in a great place. They were in Mexico. And um, they found themselves in a group of people. Most of them were not believers, most of them were single as well. And they could see, all of the other people could see, the joy, the happiness, the peace, this marriage. They're crazy about one another, and they've been married over 20 years. And they were like mystified. It's like something unusual. This is like an aliens in their world. Happy people, full of joy, full of the spirit of peace, loving one another in a marriage 20 years. What? What is that? So they started asking questions. And this couple got to pray for people, share the gospel with people, love on people, and they brought the kingdom is what they did. That's what we are to be, representatives of this kingdom of heaven that's invaded me and now I can go invade places, right? You can invade places. There should be something of a peace that you carry because it's the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. This is this kingdom that we have. The kingdom of heaven is the remedy for all worry and anxiety, for lack in any way. It's the remedy for boredom and emptiness. Actually, when the Lord was saying, whispering, speaking through others that I was supposed to be a pastor, I was not excited about that. I just want to let you know that. I was not excited because that sounded like a, it just sounded boring. I didn't, because I didn't have the right mindset. I didn't, I didn't know that I would be getting to talk about the kingdom of heaven. I didn't know that I would see so many miracles and have so many experiences with God and see many, many people healed and see many people saved and see people growing up in Jesus, close to him. I didn't understand all that. So I ran from that for a while. I didn't say yes till I was in my late 20s. After years of that. I'm so glad I did. But without this kingdom inside of a person, people are empty. They're empty because they don't have the remedy then. They are still going to need drugs. Still going to need alcohol. Got to soothe something. Got to numb something. Right? They're going to still need more sex with more people. Still need more control or power. And... They still need to find their identity in something, like their gender or their work or their money or whatever it is, job title, looking for something to fill that only the kingdom of heaven can fill. They agree. (laughs) You know, I've got some friends, and I've been there as well, but who went to Switzerland on a trip. They came back telling story after story about how wonderful Switzerland is. If you've been there, then you understand. The mountains are spectacular. The rivers, cascading. The lakes, pristine. The food, wonderful. The sights and sounds and chocolate. (laughs) And all these things related to, everything flows so well. Flower boxes under every window on every house in the nation, it feels like. It's just beauty. It's just like a, like a piece of heaven in some ways. You get people who go to Hawaii. I've not been there yet. And they talk about that. Like, when am I going back next? The sand, the sun, the rest, the fun, the enjoyment, the peace, the relaxation, all of those things. Speaking of a, of a place, And there is something about this kingdom of heaven that should ignite that inside of us, of what it is and what we have and what we experience. How about peace? How many of you have had previously, or maybe currently, you get full of anxiety, hope may fade, and you get realigned with heaven, and you... Give that away to the Lord and his peace floods you all over again and hope grows on the inside all over again. That's the kingdom of heaven. That is a beautiful thing that the world does not have. All they have is medication or meditation. We have the real thing, the kingdom of heaven, that takes care of all of that stuff and much, much, much more. They have no remedy for sin. There's no remedy for sin outside of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. We get forgiveness. There are people walking around, millions but millions, with guilt and shame and the weight of their sin, even though they don't know what that is. The kingdom of heaven says, you are forgiven. You are set free. Condemnation is not your portion. Shame is not yours to carry. Jesus has paid for it 100%. Incredible. The kingdom of heaven is the secure, peace-filled, wonderful presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Usually when someone says the gospel in our Christian world, what they mean is the message of salvation and eternal life. Right? But guess what? Yes, that is a part of it. It's a part, but it's just a part. It's a wonderful part, but really it's the, what Jesus said. He was proclaiming what? The gospel of the kingdom, not just the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, the robust, massive kingdom that Jesus represents and is that's full of so many things. That is what the gospel really is. It's a, it's a much fuller, robust thing. And the gospel means good news. So the good news about the kingdom. And that word good news is really described as the good, glad, merry news that makes someone want to leap for joy when they hear it. That's what good news means. The good, glad, merry news that makes someone want to leap for joy when they hear it. So the good news about the kingdom of heaven. We need to get more proficient, I need to get more proficient at describing this kingdom. That's the gospel. Every part of it, from Jesus and what he's done, paying for our sin, to eternal life, yes, and then all the things in between, the peace, the forgiveness, the freedom, the power, the joy, the hope, it's all of those things in this gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 24, 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom, this is Jesus speaking, this gospel of the kingdom will, excuse me, shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Uh, it's not just a partial gospel that's gonna get preached throughout the whole world, it's the gospel of the kingdom. That in its fullness, which isn't just looking ahead to eternity, but a kingdom that wants to come here now, that is made full later on, all the way, complete, but it's not just something in the by and by. That's not the full gospel. That's not the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus, when they're asking him, where's the the kingdom? He said, the kingdom is within you. It's within you. It's here now. He says, close at hand. You can touch it. It's this close. It's nearby. And then Jesus not only shared it, but he demonstrated it by love and action. That's part of the kingdom as well. He demonstrated this kingdom through his life, through his love, through his action, that he was the true king. And then he gave gave it to us to give away. Okay. When we meet small groups for dinner, for lunch, hanging out, prayer meetings, whatever we do. Let's talk about kingdom stuff. Let's tell stories about your experiences with God and what you've discovered in the Bible. Let's stir up the kingdom. I think we'll be doing that in heaven. As it is in heaven, let it be here, right? We can talk about those things. I want to tell you just a couple of quick talking about things. And I've told this story before, but I remember doing this wedding. It was the only beach wedding I've ever officiated. Uh, got done with the wedding. Uh, We stayed in this place, Debbie and I. I'm in bed, sleeping. And as I'm sleeping, I feel right next to me, the bed depressed, like a large person just sat on the bed right next to me. Now that, my wife is on the other side. So I woke up startled, feeling the the bed having been depressed, and it's pitch black. I don't feel anyone, so I know this is a presence of some kind, and I was ready. I expected it was a demonic presence. I'm in a strange place. I don't know what's going on. I've had things like that happening previously, so I was expecting a demonic presence. I was about to ask them who they serve. And before I could say anything, this song that I've never heard of before gets like pushed inside my whole being. And it's a song of praise to Jesus with all these words I end up writing down that is praising Jesus. And then I knew this is a heavenly presence that has just entered the room. And I could not get that song out of me for days and days and days. It was an element of the kingdom of heaven that had just arrived in this room I was in. This is one thing that God doesn't happen every day. That'd be great. But there's so many other parts of it. I remember um, praying for a woman, didn't know what she needed prayer for. And as I began to pray, I saw a river and I saw her in it. Um, and it was, I knew it was like in South America and, um, that she had a bad experience there. I didn't understand it all the way. Um, as I opened my eyes, I just asked her, I said, um, you know, did you have a bad experience in a river (laughs) in uh, South America? She said, I did two years ago. And she said, from that swimming experience, something got in my ear. And I've been deaf in my right ear since I swam in that river. Now, that was just God revealing something, just a snapshot that I didn't fully understand. So I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. As I'm praying for her, she hears a pop. It's like you're changing elevation. And her right ear pops open and she can hear out of her right ear. She starts then super excited. Hasn't been able to hear out of this for a couple of years. And now she can hear. That is the kingdom of heaven just like Here we go, right? I remember praying for this guy. Uh, He was a student in the school I was leading. He had a demon of anger on the inside, which I didn't know. When I accepted him, I didn't know. But he came to my office, fists clenched like he was going to kill me. And he was a big guy. And um, But I knew this was a demonic thing. This wasn't him. He's a great guy. But this thing that's taken over, this spirit of anger, we went to a room, there was another pastor, two other pastors, took him in a room to pray for him. He hit the deck and started rolling across the floor like a crocodile in a death roll. And he would tear at the carpet and tear in chunks of skin off of his fingers. Just angry. He'd roll across, he'd roll back, and I'd stand there, and he'd roll right up to my leg without hitting me. Then he'd roll the other way, and I was like, this is weird. Right? That's not, you don't want that. That's a weird day. What a weird counseling session, huh? So, but I knew this is, this is a spiritual experience. So we started to just take authority over this in the name of Jesus. Start praying. Get this thing out in Jesus' name. You could feel so angry. After a couple more rolls, he stopped. And he started weeping. And he started forgiving his dad. His dad had a horrible spirit of anger, had abused him in some ways, and that anger was in him toward his dad. And it's like his whole countenance changed. That spirit of anger left and peace filled the room. And Jesus said, when a demon goes out of someone, that's the kingdom of heaven coming upon you, right? That's what happens. It's a displacement. The kingdom of heaven wants to displace the kingdom of the devil, wherever he is. And we get to be a part of that. In our homes, in our cars, around other people. Now, that was really good when he, woke up, when he stood up and he was smiling at me now. I was happy about that. And it really is peace in the midst of anxiety. Revelation Chapter one, verse five says, "To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made—how about this—us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father." It's like Jesus saying, "It's inside of us. We're we're in this kingdom. You're a priest in the kingdom. You didn't know you're a priest, did you? You are. You're a priest and a king in this kingdom." that we get to give away. Every single believer, every single follower, not just a few, we are all in this. Learning how to receive the kingdom, proclaim the kingdom, pray the kingdom, live it. Giving it away, demonstrating it. This uh, Christian life is not about becoming a better person or an improved version of your old self. Did you know that? Man, isn't that good to know? The Christian life is not about you becoming a better person or an improved version of who you were. If that is what you think, you've heard the wrong gospel. Exactly. There's a great scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, this is the Passion Translation, he has become an entirely new person. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're not to become a better version of who we are. Some of the rough edges kind of smoothed out. That's not it. No, I've been transformed by the love of Jesus and what he's done for me. And then he gave me his Holy Spirit to live on the inside. That doesn't mean everything goes perfect. That means the battle may even be worse. But you have the peace who is the Prince of Peace living inside of you. You have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You have the power. He gives you the wisdom that you need to make decisions and navigate along the way. And then you can give away, you find yourself in these situations where people recognize there's something different about you. There's something about you that I don't have. The hungry, the soil that's fertile, and then you can plant a seed. You can give the kingdom away. You can pray. You can bless them. You can proclaim them. Their salvation. The Christian life is about being wide open, full of joy, full of joy. The joy of the Lord is, it's our strength. And his right hand is fullness of joy, says in Psalm 16. It's a life of adventure and awe and supernatural experiences, seeing other lives transformed. Thank you, Lord, and man, I want to see more of it, more of it. We've experienced loss. I don't like loss. There are things out of my understanding, control, but that doesn't make the kingdom any less. Hebrews 12 says, the kingdom is unshakable. It's unshakable. You cannot shake the kingdom. It is here, it's solid, and it lasts forever Every other kingdom doesn't last forever. This one does. And so I want to get more enfolded into this kingdom, filling my mindset where it's not just Matt walking around, sending a prayer occasionally to God to help me for certain things. No, it's not that. No, the kingdom of heaven and God have invaded me. And where I go and where you go, you're carrying this kingdom of heaven. And the atmosphere can change when you walk into a room. The situations can change when you walk into a room. I remember as a young person, I didn't understand the kingdom stuff. I just was a follower of Jesus and my friends. I was working in this little restaurant. I used to clean up the restaurant at night and scrape scrape the grill and all that stuff, filter the oil. I got done with my shift. I walk outside, and there are several of my friends in the middle of the street, small town. We didn't have a stoplight. That's how small the town is. They're in the middle of the street. And they are doing this thing like a seance type of thing where they're raising this person with like their pinkies and saying these demonic words, you know, over and over. They said, Matt, come here. I go over I know what's going on. And man, I suddenly felt this is the wrong presence that I feel. These guys are tap, trying to tap into the demonic realm to lift this person and they're telling the story that the person died and all this stuff. And I started under my breath praying in tongues, speaking in the spirit, praying in the spirit, rebuking what's going on in the atmosphere. I didn't understand half of what I know now, but I was still doing that. And then they couldn't lift this guy up. They said, We just did this. Why can't we do this now? They kept trying to do it, it wasn't working. I thought, Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, diffuse this thing, whatever this craziness is going on right now. What I didn't know was that, honestly, I was a carrier of the kingdom, and I just entered the realm that they were trying to do evil stuff, and my realm won. There was just a, you know, it, it, which caused some other conversations later on with some of these kids. Wherever we are, whatever we do, we are a carrier of this kingdom that we're seeking, that we're pursuing, that we're chasing after and his righteousness. He clothes us with his righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. All right, let me, let's read one thing here, and then we'll be done for today. I wrote this with uh, it's kind of an amalgamation of some things I've read and heard and discovered and all this together, but I call it the kingdom manifesto. So let me just read this to you. If you wanted a copy, we could send it to you too, digitally. It's, on, it's printed right on the outside of these doors on the wall. Uh, it's in my office too, but it's a reminder to me, just like every time I walk by a clock and it says 633. Whenever I see 633, it's the Lord saying, hey Matt, remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Usually the Lord shows me that when I'm not seeking the kingdom of God. Right. So it's a, good, it's a good reminder. So This is one of these things for me as well. The kingdom of heaven is here now, in us, upon us, at hand, and coming to fully take over upon the return of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the kingdom of heaven in human form, and his heart is the capital of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is the Father's redemptive invasion of his children, and the affection of Jesus is the explosive power within it. The kingdom of God is good news to the poor, the release of every captive, sight to all blind, the setting free of broken victims, and the proclamation of the Lord's favor. The kingdom of heaven is the expression of God's love as a redemptive contagion with infinite possibilities for everyone, everywhere. The kingdom of heaven is a future hope and a present experience with the power to transform heart, mind, and any society that receives it. What if our nation just received the kingdom of heaven right now? Wouldn't that be awesome if our national leader stood up and said, we're not doing too well. We receive the kingdom of heaven instead. That would be wonderful. Lord, may that happen. I don't know where I was now. Thank you. The kingdom of heaven is total freedom. Next para. As children of God, you and I, so just... Talked about what it is. Now, let's talk about us. As children of God, we have been transferred into, Colossians 1 says this, and now belong to the ageless, unshakable kingdom. You belong. You're in it, and it's in you. Our Father has chosen gladly to give his children the kingdom and all that it contains. How about that? The master's keys to the kingdom, which I haven't had a chance to talk about yet, are given so that the children can bind and loose anything upon earth or in the heavens. Those who seek after the kingdom will find their every need met. The the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to all who pursue it. The kingdom of heaven is the absolute cause, never earned but received freely by all who are poor and humble enough to desire and seek it. The kingdom of God isn't built but received and shared. The sons and daughters of the king share creative rulership with the father and the son as lights that illuminate the earth. The sons and daughters in the kingdom are voices, not echoes, declaring the gospel of the kingdom to everything that breathes. My mentor used to preach to trees before he preached to people. Trees aren't even breathing. And he was preaching to it. So we can preach to everything. The kingdom is breathed in and peace is breathed out. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the servants of all. awakened children who keep, teach, and live love. The royal law of the kingdom, this is from the book of James, is to treat one another as we want to be treated. The culture of the kingdom is love for one another, belief and faith in God. And the kingdom of heaven completes and satisfies every human heart. There's so much to this. I'm sorry I don't talk about it enough. Because this is what we need to be focused on, talking about, sharing, stirring one another up releasing. So let's do all that. How about we just breathe it in right now? We just breathe in the kingdom of heaven. If oh COVID is received that way, we receive the kingdom of heaven in us fully, Lord, to take over the kingdom that you represent, that you talk about, that you're the capital of, that you're the king of. We receive the kingdom, and we speak and proclaim the kingdom into every part of what we have and what we do and who we are and we thank you that you are our identity, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give us dreams, kingdom related, that you would change our hearts to any degree that we are not kingdom minded and my heart is not fertile place for your kingdom to reside and grow. Lord, illuminate, help us as we seek it, as we pursue you, as we pursue it, Reveal to us these things. And Lord, may we all, may we all be those that you desire for us to be that are releasing the kingdom through the earth, preparing for your return. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your kindness. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for being glad and happy and thrilled to give this to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing the work that we can't do on the inside of us. In the powerful, wonderful, supernatural, joy-filled, strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.